sons, one by a slave and one by a free woman. But the son of the slave was born according to the flesh, the son of the free woman through the promise. Now this is an allegory. These women are the two covenants. One is from Mount Sinai, bearing children for slavery. She is Hagar. Now Hagar is Mount Sinai in Arabia. She corresponds to the present Jerusalem, for she is in slavery with her children. But the Jerusalem above is free, and she is our mother. For it is written, Rejoice, O barren one who does not bear. Break forth and shout, you who are not in travail, for the children of the desolate one are many more than the children of her that is Mary. Amen. Peace be to you, the reader. Be attentive. Glory to you, Lord. Glory to you. At that time, Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath, and there was a woman who had feared of infirmity for 18 years. She was bent over and could not fully straighten herself. And when Jesus saw her, he called her and said to her, Woman, you are freed from your infirmity. And he laid his hands upon her, and immediately she was made straight, and she praised God. But the ruler of the synagogue, indignant because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath, said to the people, There are six days on which work ought to be done. Come on those days and be healed, and not on the Sabbath day. And the Lord answered him, You hypocrites, does not each of you on the Sabbath untie his ox or his donkey from the manger and lead it away to water? And ought not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan bound for eighteen years, be loosed from this bond on this Sabbath day? And he said this, as he said this, all his adversaries were put to shame, and all the people rejoiced at all the glorious things that were done by him. Peace to be to you who proclaims the gospel.
Holy Spirit. Amen. So often our life feels like one endless Ferris wheel ride. It keeps going around and around in circles. We say to ourselves, I don't want to be frustrated with my kids. I want to be kind to people. I want to be compassionate. I want to help people more. I want to give more of my time. I want to bear one another's burdens. All of these things that we desire to do, and then we don't. Or the things we desire not to do, and then we do them again. Going up on the Ferris wheel, we have our high hopes. We can see off in the distance and distant scenes. We get away from the carnival and all that bad classic rock. And then we come down. Because invariably, we come down to the bottom again. And then we try and rise up, rise up, rise up, and then we come down again. This repeats itself again and again and again. Our hopes of transcending sin and temptation are dashed again and again and again. It's frustrating, the futility of it, because we keep going through the same thing and we keep trying to have a different outcome. We want to free ourselves and we're ashamed of our inability to change. To cope with this, we have little self-help prep talks. We say to ourselves, I'm going to do this thing. I'm just going to stop getting frustrated with my children. I'm going to be kinder to that coworker who's not nice to me. I'm going to be obedient to my boss. I'm going to be all of these things. We tell ourselves that. We ride the Ferris wheel up, and then we go down again. Because again, we fall. And that's what happens. Instead of self-help talks, we start berating ourselves. We start arguing with ourselves, getting angry at ourselves, ashamed, frustrated, again and again. But we feel like failures because we are actually failing. We're failing again and again and again. But we're focused on the wrong thing. Another image that came to mind, especially with the gospel reading, where it talks about untying an ox and a donkey. Have you ever seen a dog on a post? It gets tied up to a rope or a leash. It's just running around in circles, trying to figure out a way to get rid of that leash and get rid of that post. Might be pulling on it, doing all kinds of things, trying to get away from that. We're just like that dog, except that we have numerous ropes tying us down. Anger, envy, lust, whatever it is, you can fill it in. So we're tied down in all these multiple ways and we're trying to free ourselves from the rope. Now whether you like the Ferris wheel analogy or the dog tied to a, a, a leash, the same point is there, which is that we're stuck in sin. We're stuck in sin. In the gospel today, there was a woman who was also bound. She was bound for 18 years. As our Lord says at the end of the Gospel, Satan bound her. We don't know the full extent of why and how, but regardless, she was bent over and she couldn't straighten herself for 18 years. And then our Lord came up and said, Woman, you are freed of your infirmity. And that verb in Greek, the freed, is the same verb as untied. That's why it makes a little bit more sense where he talks about untying your ox or your donkey. So he says to her, You are freed, you are untied from your infirmity. And she immediately rises. And the leader of the synagogue, all he can think about is the fact that this happened on the Sabbath. 
So he says, we shouldn't come here to be healed on the Sabbath. We should come on the other six days to be healed. Of course, she didn't come to be healed. She didn't know she was going to be healed. Christ saw that she needed the healing, and so he did it. And so he gives this analogy of untying your ox or your donkey and bringing it to the water. And then there's this woman here who can be untied, who can be freed from Satan. So we see we're just like that nonsensical uh, animal, that beast of burden that's tied up. We're tied up. We can't get out of the cycle. You see, our problem is that we are trying to fight it. We're trying to hate it, our being enslaved by sin, and we try again and again to fight against it. But how do we get healed? That's what we all want. We can all relate to that Ferris wheel. How do we get off of it? How do we get untied? So if a dog is tied by a leash to a post, how does the dog get untied? Does it pull really hard? I mean, hopefully the post is put in the ground properly. Does it run in circles? Is that going to get it untied? What's going to get it untied? Barking. Right? Barking is going to get it untied. Because then what's going to happen? Eventually, the owner is going to come and untie the dog. The analogy is very poignant. How do we get untied from our sin? By asking to be untied. Now it's more complex than that. But that's the starting point. And you can't ask to be untied unless you realize what? That you can't untie yourself. Because for most of our problems, we're like that dog just running in circles, pulling against the rope trying to figure out how we can untie ourselves, pull ourselves away from that. We can't. But the first step is to say, I can't untie myself. I know this sounds really basic, doesn't it? But how often do we instead spend all of our time and energy trying to yank ourselves away from this thing? And we fall again and again and again because we're trying to fix it. What we have to see from this is that the solution is not within ourselves. The solution is not within ourselves. And that's where we're most often looking for the solution, is inside ourselves. So to begin to be healed, we have to begin to say, I can't fix this. There's a word for that. The word for that is humility. And this is why in all of the writings of the church, in all the the teachings of Christ, we see this theme of humility, humility, humility. We may see a theme of being virtuous, but the preceding point is being humble. We cannot be virtuous, truly virtuous, unless we're humble. We want to be virtuous, so we pursue that. But in fact, the first point is I can't do anything. I can't fix myself. Because in fact, those who are virtuous, God has made them virtuous. Those who are virtuous are those who say, I can't do anything, but I'm going to pursue God no matter what. 
Because we think of everything that we do in the church as tools for our betterment. And then we can start to get into all kinds of analogies. Well, there are a lot of other really useful tools out there for our betterment. And other religions have other ideas of other tools. Everything that we do in the church is not for our betterment alone. It is for communion with God. And through that, then the outcome is we become better people. We become more virtuous. We become good. We become saints. But the first is that we are pursuing God. And these are the vehicles through which we pursue God. And we cannot really do that in earnest unless we begin to say, I can't fix this. I can't do this myself. I cannot pull myself up out of this. I need God. He is the one who will fix this. And that's what gives strength and enlivens everything that we do in the church. Because then all of these things begin to make sense. Why do we fast? So that I can actually have more communion with God. Because I am so enslaved to these things that I don't have as much communion with God as I would like. So I fast so that I can have greater communion with God. Why do I pray? So that I can have communion with God. Why do I come to church? So that I can have communion with God. And everything else comes out of that. Because it's a a very fine line. We can look at everything that we do in the church, everything that we prepare for in the church, everything that we pursue in the church, and we can think of it as these are the things that I need to do so that I can be a better person and be with God and receive eternal life. But the point is, I can't do that. I can't fix myself because if I tell myself, hey, I just need to get to church on time and week after week I don't get to church on time, it says I can't fix this myself. I need to seek it from God. I still do the things that I do, but I do, I do them immersed in God. And how, how, what does that look like? And I say, what does that look like? Okay. What that looks like is just simple little prayers all along the way. If I have a problem again and again and again, that problem better be in prayer again and again and again. Because otherwise, I'm doing the exact same thing. I'm trying to pull myself up on my own. So may we, as we continue forward through this nativity season, be emboldened to pursue God first and foremost. And the first step of that is, I need God. I need Him because I cannot fix myself. I cannot fix these things. I need Him. And that's the place of humility, and everything else grows out of that. Amen.